All right, it is a Tuesday edition of Locked On Warriors. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News. Make sure to follow Locked On Warriors on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts for episodes every day, Monday through Friday. Of course, we were off on Monday observing the Memorial Holiday weekend. We will have episodes Tuesday today through Friday as we begin our exit interview series this week, starting at the end of the alphabet with James Wiseman today and then working our way down the roster. I'll talk about what went right and what went wrong and how Golden State and Wiseman can maximize this offseason. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app, follow me at WC Goldberg, and join me Thursday at noon. I'll be going on Locker Room with Bram Hillsman, the host of the popular Warriors podcast, Warriors Huddle. Uh, you can get in on the action, talk all things Warriors. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. You are locked on Warriors. Your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Beginning our exit interview series this week, I will go through every player on the roster, talk about what went right in his season, what went wrong in his season, and then look at the biggest offseason question facing him and the Warriors. And today we begin with James Wiseman. No better place to start than with the number over, the number two overall pick in last year's NBA draft, whose season was cut short by a, menis- a meniscus injury that we'll talk about later, but we want to start with what went right. And I think this is, it's simple, maybe it's oversimplified, but it's important. 11.5 points per game, 5.8 rebounds, 0.9 blocks in 21.4 minutes per game. Those were his per-game averages, and I realize that he struggled in a lot of different places that I've talked about all season. But when you just look at those per-game stats, and you keep in mind that he was the second overall pick, playing on a team with an established hierarchy where there was not going to be guaranteed opportunity, that looks pretty good. 11.5 points, nearly 6 rebounds, a block per game in 21.5 minutes. That looks pretty good. And if you looked at those stats at the end of a rookie season, without watching him, you would have said, all right, well, that's not, pre- that's not bad, the second overall pick, for a player who you don't really need to anchor your team. Never mind what Anthony Edwards did. Never mind what LaMelo Ball did. Take that for what it's worth in a vacuum. That's not bad for the second overall pick at a position that is notoriously hard to play right away for a player who came into the league at 19 years old having played just three games, 69 minutes over three games in college, and didn't have didn't have the, the luxury of a, of a summer league or even training camp. That's not bad. Started on opening night. That's not bad. His three-point shot, talking about what else went right. His three-point shot looked good. I'm not even going to bother you with the percentages. It looks good. And I think that's a, that is something that they can use and utilize going forward with James Wiseman. Is He is a guy who projects to be a pick-and-pop threat and a pick-and-roll threat. And that is a very good skill set to build on. Uh, he had a couple of really good games where you saw that potential for a full game. Right? There were moments where he would flash the Giannis play early in the year, all these kind of things. Sometimes he'd get a rebound and, and, and push it in transition and then end with a dunk. All the dribble moves, the three-point shooting. You would see these flashes. A couple of games where he just put it all together for a full game, though, stand out. 25 points, six rebounds, two blocks, and a January 27th win over Minnesota that same month. 20 points, six rebounds, four assists, zero turnovers, and a win against the Spurs. Though. To me, so first of all, those were his two highest point totals of the season. Arguably his two best games of the season on both sides of the court. 
And the Warriors won both of those games. That, to me, is important, right? Because you could see players all the time. And it's a small sample, but you see players all the time put up great stats and their teams lose. Well, based on this, small sample again, but based on this, when James Wiseman plays well, the Warriors win. And again, not to oversimplify things, but that is an important thing to point out. Because that's not the case a lot of times, especially for rookies. Rookies on bad teams. Now, of course, the Warriors were a relatively good team. They're still a lottery team, but a fringe playoff team. They have Steph. They have Draymond. Played really well down the stretch. But James Wiseman, when he played well, the Warriors won. And that bodes well for him and for the Warriors and for what opportunities that Wiseman can get in the future. So as far as what went right, that is most certainly what went right. The guy can produce. When given an opportunity, he can produce for you. Which We'll get into some of the other things that are drawbacks. Reasons why those stats are a little bit empty calories. But just the raw production is important. And we in, in today's NBA, where we get so entrenched in the advanced analytics and all of the on-off numbers and all of these things that are very, very important and help tell a complete picture, a complete story, we do tend to overlook some of just the, hey, this dude could score. And at the end of the day, you need to score more points than the other team to win. And James Wiseman can score. And I thought... That role that he played right before he got hurt in April was the perfect role for him. Coming off of the bench, being a productive scorer alongside Jordan Poole and Kelly Oubre. Where, hey, Steph is getting his rest. We need to find ways to generate offense when Steph is not on the floor. If you put those three out there, Jordan Poole, Kelly Oubre, and James Wiseman, well, at least you got three guys. Think of what you will about their efficiencies and all those things. At least those dudes could put points on the board. That, to me, was promising. And then those minutes where James Wiseman and Steph Curry's minutes overlapped were also really promising because we saw more chemistry start to build with their pick-and-roll game, right, with that two-man game. And if Wiseman can become a better screener, which he got better at as the season went on, and if he could become a guy who can score 15 points for you on a given night in a small amount of minutes and a high-efficiency 60-70% shooting because most of his stuff's coming at the rim on lobs and things like that. That's very useful. Very useful. Doesn't have to be the franchise player. Doesn't have to run your offense. Doesn't have to be the middle of your offense. That's Steph. That'll be Clay Thompson. Draymond Green will be running offense. But he just needs to be able to produce for you, especially in those minutes where Steph is not on the floor. We will talk about what went wrong next, but first I want to talk about Locker Room. Uh, It's time to get in on Locker Room. The live audio-only sports talk platform where you can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. And as you know, I've been using Locker Room this season to record this podcast several times a week. Sort of like an old-school sports radio call-in show, but easier than ever to join, hang out, and talk. And me and Bram from Warriors Huddle, you may have seen these Locker room, uh, Rooms go live over the last couple of weeks. We are trying to make it a regular thing uh, Thursday at noon every day. Bram and I will talk 15, 20 minutes about whatever Warriors topic we feel like uh, 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 discussing, and then we'll open it up to questions. So really cool, interactive way to talk with us. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, kind of like that old school uh, radio call-in show, but it's just super simple, super easy to join. 
Uh, Locker Room is a free audio-only social media platform for sports fans. Start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news. I'll be hosting rooms uh, again Thursday at noon uh, for the foreseeable future along with Bram. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app free in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and then join the Warriors NBA group. Follow me at WC Goldberg to be notified when my room goes live. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. This episode is also... Brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of vehicle makes and models, it can be impossible to stock all of the parts you need for your car, especially now while you might not be able to visit a a traditional store, so do it easily online at rockauto.com. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks. Delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all of the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, those prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And then write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Before I get to what went wrong in James Wiseman's rookie year, uh, a brief recap of what went down in the NBA playoffs last night. Utah goes up 3-1 with a 120-113 win over the Memphis Grizzlies. But the Grizzlies, man, are so much fun to watch. And then in the Eastern Conference... The Wizards hang on and stave off elimination with a 122-114 to win over the 76ers. The big story coming from there is Joel Embiid's injury. Uh, suffered a right knee injury at the end of the first quarter there. Uh, his availability will be a swing factor in what happens and in maybe who comes out of the Eastern Conference. To get more on that, check out me and David Ramil on this morning's Locked On NBA show. If you're not already subscribed to that, uh, it's a daily podcast, 30 minutes or less every day, Monday to Friday, recapping you, breaking down uh, everything that's going on in these NBA playoffs. Um, so go ahead and subscribe to that if you're not already. Getting to what went wrong in James Wiseman's rookie year. Um, we mentioned the raw stats, but the advanced stats aren't really doing him much favors. Uh, he had the worst plus minus on the team at minus 4.7 points per game. So the Warriors were getting outscored by nearly five points per game every time James Wiseman played. That's not good. Uh, But look, he's a rookie. Uh, The fact that the Warriors were outscored when he was on the court relative to their other veteran players, keep in mind, right, Uh, should not be surprising very much to anybody at all. To me, what the biggest minus was him was just the fact of how overwhelmed he looked, specifically on the defensive end. Specifically on the defensive end. This guy is 7 feet tall, 240 pounds. Uh, the, the block rates weren't great, though they were not bad. The rebounding rates were not good for somebody his size. He looked, like I said, overwhelmed, but also just he wasn't physical the way that you would expect a guy his size to play. Uh, he see, he got bumped off his spot a lot by other veteran big men and, and guys who were just flatly bigger and stronger than him. 
And I think what we learn from that is, hey, it's one thing to be super athletic and big and these things, but you're still very raw. And at 19, now 20 years old, still very much developing physically, right? And so it doesn't really matter much what you do from a basketball IQ standpoint or to anything like that. It is going to take time for James Wiseman to become a positive contributor in the NBA just because his body needs to still mature in a very meaningful way, in my opinion. Now, there are ways to help that along, obviously, right? You can get into the weight room. An NBA weight room versus a high school or college weight room is very different. Uh, he doesn't have to deal with schoolwork. He doesn't have to deal with these things. He's a millionaire now. There are things that his that that th there are opportunities that he now has that he didn't have before he became an NBA player. So that should expedite the process. That should speed up the process. Normally, the biggest thing that went wrong in James Wiseman's rookie year is that he injured his meniscus on April 10th, and he's going to miss most of the off season. And Bob Myers, during exit interviews said that the hope is that James Wiseman will be back for training camp, but he will not play in summer league in August, right? He will not have the opportunity to get into the weight room and to get into the court and to work out in LA and Miami like all these players do in their off time, right? He's not going to have that chance. And there's only so much he can do. There's only so much film he can watch and actually learn from. So this rehab is going to be really important. Now, I wrote about this for the Mercury News back when it happened, and the doctor I spoke to mentioned how this could be an opportunity for the Warriors to get an in-depth look, to step back and get an in-depth look on James Wiseman's body and the biomechanics and all these things. Okay, great. Maybe there is a silver lining in that way. But to lose out on this valuable chance for development, not only in the season where he only played 39 games of a possible 74 because of the play-in games, not only did he just play 39 games, he's going to be missing out on all of this time. That could be valuable development. And so for all intents and purposes, he will still be a rookie by the middle of next season. And he is so far along. He is on the steepest part of his learning curve. And I thought what the, how the Warriors handled his development, they, didn't, they, 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 they were a little cocky about it, I thought, by thinking that they could start him on opening night and that he'll just catch up. And I think they took for granted just how challenging it is to develop a guy who is that raw, picked that high in the draft, and needs playing time. And so I'm hoping that they learned from that. And I think Kevon Looney, over the course of the season, earned the starting job next year. James Wiseman showed that he should just come off the bench next year, and they should pull the reins a little bit on, on that development process and just let him develop more at his own pace, more organically, and he could still be a useful player in those situations. Um, but he flatly looked overwhelmed on defense, looked completely out of rhythm on offense at times. He needs to find more ways to be efficient on offense. Steve Kerr put some of that on himself in the exit interview, saying he needs to put James Wiseman in a better position to be efficient on offense. That obviously is in pick-and-roll situations with him finishing lobs and dunks and things like that. Less of the post-move stuff, less of the mid-range long two-pointers and, and those things, less of that and more just getting him in pick-and-roll situations, getting him playing fast in the open floor, in transition. That's what they need to figure out going into next year. But it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy because you need him to play, and you need him to play well because you can't let him be a negative the way that he was as a rookie. And he will still very much be a rookie for most of next season. I think if you're the Warriors, you're hoping by the end of the regular season going into 
hopefully a postseason berth, that he's ready to contribute more meaningfully in winning ways uh, by the time the playoffs roll around. Uh, We will talk next about the biggest question that faces James Wiseman and this offseason. It has something to do with his timeline that we were just talking about and the Warriors' timeline, whether or not they should seek a trade for James Wiseman rather than trying to thread the needle the way they have. This is Locked on Warriors. Support for today's episode comes from Bet Bet BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The NBA playoffs are on, and even though the Warriors aren't a part of it, you can be. Take a look at the spreads, money lines, over-unders, and more at BetOnline. For tonight, the Lakers are five-point underdogs to the Suns in Phoenix. Now, they will be without Anthony Davis, but we're still not sure where Chris Paul's health is with Phoenix. Uh, we know that LeBron tends to rise to these occasions. He has not been eliminated in the first round of the playoffs in his entire career. And though that this series is still tied 2-2, going down 3-2 in this situation would be a dire one for LeBron James. You know he wants to avoid that. If you are wanting to bet on LeBron and the Lakers at least covering at a five-point underdog spread, you could put your money down at betonline.com, betonline, or betonline.ag, rather. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, but only when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. It's time now to explore the biggest offseason question facing James Wiseman and the Warriors here. And the biggest one is, will the Warriors trade? And you can make the argument that the Warriors should trade James Wiseman. That, hey, the number two pick, he gave you no reason why... Uh, not to think that he could have a a bright future at some point in the NBA. All the struggles that we were talking about in the last segment. Still, I think if you did a redraft of this draft, Wiseman probably goes third instead of second, but still very clearly in the consensus top three behind Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball. But I I, I still think that he has a long-term, a bright long-term future, but maybe can't be the contributor that you were hoping he could be in the short term. And what we just saw from Steph at 33 years old in an MVP caliber year and from Draymond Green at his age doing what he did and understand that Klay Thompson is coming back and that you have a starting caliber center in Kevon Looney who is a perfect fit for this roster. That Andrew Wiggins is ready to go and uh, a potential building block for this team. That you've got guys like Jordan Poole going into his third year. Like Wanda Scano-Anderson who's a rotation caliber player. And that you have the means to supplement that core with other players more readily, uh, who uh, more ready to contribute right now. That maybe James Wiseman, who is your best trade asset, should get traded for somebody who can help right away and help in a playoff push. Uh, I understand that argument. I, in fact, agree with that argument. And if that player were to become available, a a, a bona fide sixth man, a guy who could start for you and be a high-level starter on a night where maybe you have an injury. That's the kind of player I'm talking about. Not just some sort of sixth man, right? Not like a Jordan Clarkson type, but more like a Joe Ingles type, right? A versatile player who could start for you in a pinch, 
who can every single night you know can contribute, even if he is not scoring, can contribute in other ways as your sixth man. That's what the Warriors should trade James Wiseman for. The question is, who is that player, and is that player available? And the more I scan and canvas the league and things like that, I don't see that player available. And that's not to say that that player won't become available. That's not to say that that player won't become available. But right now, I don't know who that player is, and if the Warriors could even get that player for James Wiseman, right? Because I, I get fans all the time, well, Marcus Smart, why would the Celtics trade for James Wiseman? They're ready. They're in the they're in the same position the Warriors are in. They're ready to go compete right now. They want to go win a championship right now. James Wiseman is a rebuilding piece. They're not going to trade Marcus Smart for James Wiseman. No way. I see Indiana coming up all the time. First of all, I am officially, and I've said this last week, I'll say it again here, boycotting all Indiana Pacers-related trades. I don't want to hear them anymore. DeMontis Sabanis isn't happening. Miles Turner isn't happening. Malcolm Brogdon isn't happening. I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear it. So I don't know what the trade is that's out there. The other part of it, too, is that, hey, if you can execute a sign-and-trade with Kelly Oubre and it creates some sort of trade exception, you'd rather use that to go get that player and still hold on to James Wiseman. So I think that's the first domino. Now, if the Warriors can't do anything, if they cannot facilitate a sign-and-trade with Kelly Oubre, then maybe you start to explore the James Wiseman trade idea a little bit more, right? And so that's the first thing that I think you should be looking at. If Kelly Oubre, an unrestricted free agent, decides, you know what, I don't, I'm not interested in the sign-and-trade thing, I can go just sign right here into cap space and not worry about all that, I'm just going to go do that. Thank you very much. The Knicks are offering me $15 million a year, whoever. I'm going to go there. It was real Golden State. Peace out. That might be it. Uh, so it's not a guarantee that the Warriors can execute a sign-and-trade. So I think that's the first thing. If they can do that, if they can facilitate that sign-and-trade and acquire a trade exception or even just a player more immediately uh, who can be that six-man type, then, all right, you don't really have to move James Wiseman in that situation. As long as you're committed to playing James Wiseman 12 to 15 minutes a night off the bench and letting him grow organically at his own pace. If you are committed to that, I think Wiseman can still be helpful for you at some point next year. Probably not right away next year, but by the playoffs, by the second half of the season. I think he could be, begin to be helpful for you if you use him the right way. That said, if this superstar trade becomes available, then obviously James Wiseman would be a part of that. Now, I know what Bob Myers said in his exit interviews, that they don't want to trade James Wiseman, that they envision James Wiseman being a part of their roster next year. And that's all well and good, and I actually think it's true. I actually believe him when he says they don't want to trade James Wiseman. But what that means to me, in other words, is that they are not actively shopping James Wiseman. And I believe that to be true. But if a superstar becomes available, and now all these teams need to put their best package on the table... James Wiseman will be part of that package, as will this Minnesota pick and a whole bunch of other things, that the Warriors, whatever else the Warriors can offer. Wiseman will be a part of it. Now, that doesn't mean that the Warriors can get that superstar. That superstar, by the way, would probably still need to want to go to Golden State. That's another big part of that that fans tend to forget, that these superstars call the shots when they want to get traded. Anthony Davis wanted to go to the Lakers. He ended up with the Lakers, and you can argue that the Lakers didn't have the best trade package. But he wanted to get there, and he got there. Uh, so that's another big part of it. But what, if, if Wiseman does get traded, it would probably be in that sort of situation or in a situation where a player that I haven't thought of or, or is not currently available somehow becomes available. Uh, but my, I would bet, if I had to put money down, I would bet on James Wiseman being part of the roster next year because I don't, I don't see, as much as I think that they probably should trade him for him and for their own sake, I just don't see 
the value back in return that is worth punting on James Wiseman's long-term future. That'll do it for our exit interviews today. Tomorrow, we will talk about how Andrew Wiggins has made himself a long-term piece for the Warriors to build around. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review, and say nice things about the show. You can send your comments and questions to me on Twitter at WC Goldberg or email them to me at wgoldberg at bayarianewsgroup.com. Now get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcasts. That'll do it for Locked On Warriors. Thanks for listening.